it's that time again, boys and girls, uh, children of all ages, welcome to the Development Hill Podcast. And this is actually a very special podcast. It's episode number 50. So 49 previous times, um, Ed and I said goodbye to our significant others, found a sequestered spot, um, fired up Skype, and decided to start talking to each other. So this is episode number 50. Uh, you could call it the airing of the grievances uh, as a nice nod to Seinfeld. Um, so for once, actually, Ed and I haven't talked to each other too much before about how we're doing. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited about episode 50. Yeah. Shout out to the cops. That's right. <laughs> be, on the lookout. <laughs> be on the lookout for Ferguson 50. Put your hands up. That's right. And don't get shot. Uh, so yes, we've reached episode 50. So no guests this time and really no plan for the show other than I wanted to do a podcast about the podcast. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we have uh, two wonderful sponsors. So since everyone seemed to like how Ed read the, uh, read the blurbs for the sponsors as opposed to the way that I was doing it, Ed, take it away with this episode's sponsors. Yeah, your problem was that you were trying and... Uh that was the mistake. So we have two sponsors. Um, as always, the wonderful Wonder Network, uh, Paul Reinheimer and uh, the other guy. Will Roberts. Will Rogers, yes, <laughs> of the Will Rogers family. And uh, who they do that Wonder Network uh, wears it up um, stuff. And they also they do the uh, thing where with the GOIP and they uh, see how things are with the proxies and stuff. And I think they have, do they have a machine in Peru? They Did do. That, that story, he finally got the machine in Peru. Well, I'm just assuming the machine is still there. Yeah, okay, right. Well, there's something down there. Um, they got their machines in Peru. They got their machines in uh, um, the Balkans, I think. They got one in the Balkans. Um, uh, Luxembourg. I don't act, I'm actually not sure. I don't know if they have places. They. I know they have one in Peru. That's it. So if you want to test if your website works in Peru... Those are the guys to call. And then the uh, second sponsor is actually a new sponsor to us. It's Pancake App. Uh, have you uh, have you ever done freelance work, Chris Harches? No, I I don't do freelance work because um, I said ever. I, I, oh, I have done freelance work. Yeah. Y- yes. Now, now now explain why you don't want this product. Please continue. Well, because I don't do freelance work because it doesn't suit my unique temperament to do it. That's a that's a good point. We, you shouldn't talk to the client. Um, so Pancake App is uh, it's a self hosted um, uh, web software uh, written in PHP um, that is specifically designed for freelancers and things like that to do things like time tracking and invoicing, uh, sending it, creating estimates, sending out that kind of stuff. Um, it's actually really really cool. And I've been using Pancake App for a long time, back in like version one point something. And uh, the new version, uh, they sort of decided to take a take an approach where they're going to add a bunch of new things to it and really ch- turn it into like a full service, like sort of full featured application uh, for uh, for doing consulting work. And it's a really cool app. I really like it a lot. And the other thing is that if you order it now, I'm told that you will get a packet of real maple syrup, at which Chris will drill by hand from a maple tree outside oh, his house. No, 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 no. Come on, dude. Lee's a nice guy. Don't be treating Lee like that. 
Are you going back on the we remember we had had that meeting where you said you were going to bore into the maple tree and you were going to tap it and get some of that sweet Canadian syrup? No. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to probably need to email Lee, but um, yeah, anyway, pancake app. Uh, I, in fact, am a uh, pancake app customer and have used it to send out several invoices to clients. Uh, it's pretty cool because uh, people can then just go pay, say, via PayPal or other payment systems. Um, I think they support things like Stripe and stuff like that, too. Um, but if I'm wrong, I, I hope not. Um, and so people can just pay their invoices like right there in your system. Uh, or they can, you know, send you a check, of course, stuff like that. Uh, so it's a really cool full featured thing. Um, it's, and the one thing is I balked at a little bit when I was looking at the newest version because I was like, well, this is kind of expensive. It's like, well, it's 179 bucks and you're kind of like 179 bucks for software. I know how easy it is to make that. So why would I pay more than $5 for that? You know, most developers, that's how they think. Well, the uh, the I guess the thing is that I also then evaluated some like online like these services where most of the other things you look at I guess is stuff like FreshBooks or other crap like that 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 cover a bunch of different that you know some of them are sort of more single service some of them are more expanded that do different things for uh, that people would use for doing freelance consulting kind of work um, I think you end up spending that in almost like six months um, and this is something you get to self host. Uh, you know exactly what's going on with it. You can tweak it the way you want to. Uh, so I think it really pays for itself pretty quickly. So I think it's a good uh, application. I think it's a good product. And I use it myself. And um, I like it a lot. So, yeah, Pancake is pretty cool. Um, but I guess the syrup thing is out. So you guys are not getting free syrup with your purchase. So sorry about that. Uh, I know we were all looking forward to that. So try to... <laughs> Try to make it through the rest of the podcast. Thank you. And plus, Lee, who runs it, is a really nice guy. He came to True North <clears throat> PHP last year and uh, <clears throat> got viciously trolled for a variety of things by uh, by the attendees. It was interesting. That's very possible. Uh, but yes, he's a super nice guy um, and was nice enough to step up right away when we were talking about you know we need some new sponsors. So uh, yeah, totally cool guy. Like his products. Uh, he does a good job. Thank you, Lee, for your money. Yes, you help keep the podcast free, That's even right. though it's very clear that no one would pay for this. <laughs> All right. Well, with the sponsors out of the way, uh, it's time to do the podcast about the podcast, much like Seinfeld, which was a show about nothing. Nope. So the thing that occurred to me, Ed, when I was thinking about episode number 50, was that how, I mean, I don't know if we've ever really talked about the origin of the podcast, so a little bit behind the scenes stuff. It all just basically started because you said on Twitter, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And um, I sort of knew you, didn't know you that well, had met you a bunch of times. So we kind of knew who the other person was. And I saw that and I thought, podcast, how hard could that be? Two people talk as long as as long as Ed edits everything. I think I'm pretty cool with I'm pretty cool with participating. Yeah. yeah. So minimal effort. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 If only it was really minimal effort. Um, yeah. Right. I know that Ed and I do make it look easy, but uh, um, it is not easy staying witty and relevant for um, 50 episodes over. How many years have we been doing this now? Three. 
Well, we posted our first episode uh, December 10th of 2011. So I wow. So two and a half, two and a half years. Two and a half years. It'll be three. Well, a little more than two and a half years. Yeah, so yeah, right. yeah, a little bit more than two and a half years and 50 episodes. So I guess we're doing a, one every couple of months. I guess you could. I think your math's a little off, but keep once, going. Once a month. Anyway, getting close. Almost once a month. Um, and it's so it's not, it's. No. Oh, fuck Jesus. The math Christ. is wrong. It's yes. way wrong. I'm a programmer, well, not a mathematician. All right. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Thus proving that you don't need to know math in order to be a programmer. Oh no, no, you don't. Uh, so the idea was, as when Ed and I discussed, it was just we're just gonna talk about whatever the hell we feel like talking about, and I think as a format that has actually worked quite well. Um, I think it has prevented us from from uh, being typecast. I mean, okay, sure, PHP ends up playing a big point. But for me, it's more about talking to people and hearing interesting stories, which is kind of how I am when I meet people in real life, too. I want to hear interesting stories and interesting thoughts from other people's lives because I talk about myself and my life a lot. Um, incessantly, nonstop, and it's nice to hear other people's stuff once in a while, other than me. I, I don't mind uh, rehashing stories um, from my past that I enjoy and find humorous, or I find teach a nice lesson to other people. Uh, but in this way, a, a lot of these have felt kind of like a conversation with a good friend, and I think that Ed, you and I have become good friends through um, through doing this. And it's only through the internet that can you can be become good friends with somebody that you only see a handful of times a year but talk to them almost single almost every single day so i think that's uh that's been an interesting offshoot of doing the podcast with you you, you can't see me but there's like a single tear running out of <laughs> yeah, my eye right yeah now. yeah i'm sure it's a tear coming out of your eye yeah right. um it's blood <laughs> it's blood it's shock you you have to call nicole <laughs> down and say she better bring the defibrillator paddles yeah, down you're, exactly. gonna, you're gonna need it in a minute get the uh, adrenaline so I mean, my, my what I always just thought I would try to do with this was be entertaining, which I think I can do pretty good, and and also just talk to people that I found interesting. And if something good comes out of it, I don't. I mean, I can't think of any. I don't think of any podcasts that we've done that I've regretted doing, or any topics that we've covered that I regret talking about. Um, you know, uh, if you look at what we've done over the past uh, two and a half years, um, you know, I've continued to do a lot of the stuff about. Um, advocating better practices, getting people aware of testing, not, not just on the PHP side of things, because people who, who follow me who work with other languages have done the same thing. And you've been able to get a really um, get a spotlight on your, your thoughts on um, mental illness and helping people um, uh, deal with it, uh, deal with it in a more compassionate way, and also you know, encouraging people that to understand that they're not alone and that and that if they're having problems there's there's lots and lots of people out there who are ready to help them and just you know to let them know the main thing was like let them know that they're not alone and that other people are definitely going through the same things that they've gone through yeah yeah i so yeah i'd say i mean i think everything you said about like why we started doing the podcast you know and and what we set out to do and how that's worked out has been pretty good uh it's pretty accurate i uh you know, I just, I mean, part of it is I just like talking um, about stuff. Uh, I'm weird that I'm, I'm certainly an introvert, but it doesn't mean that I, when I'm sort of pumped up for something or when I have the energy to, I actually kind of like talking and, and like uh, hearing myself talk, I guess. Uh, so um, I, I, I enjoy that, you know, and I, I enjoy being able to have some sort of outlet like that. And uh, I think that's, 
that's useful. I, I think I like this more than like say blogging because it's, it's so, it's so unstructured and it's so off the cuff. And then, you know, and so for that and Twitter is kind of like that for me too, that it's real easy to sort of take things and toss it out. But it's, uh, it's nice in this, this venue, uh, to be able to go a little longer form with it, uh, which I like a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, it was just, you know, kind of talking about the things that you cared about and the things you were thinking about. And, um, for you, it was, uh, you know, uh, stuff like, uh, testing. And for me, it was, you know, saving people's lives. So whatever, you know, you think is important. Oh, um, oh and that's not nice <laughs> at all. Wow. Uh, these are the only things that two friends could actually, um, um, tease each other about. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, of course, in all, in all seriousness, the things that you are are important about are um, not that you are important, but the things that you care about are probably <laughs> right. a lot more important than me worrying about people writing shitty code and web applications that um, bust uh, bust all the time because people are fucking ignorant. And um, for me, the kind of the outside of coding issues that um, I care about are related to my um, related to my kids and how right. I see them and how I see them get treated. Um, by other people, I'm well aware of misogyny and um, and you know just the general broish attitude of of many uh, males. And for me, that's it's a more personal thing because I mean I remember when I used to act that way a lot. Right. And uh, with with age, it's true. With age, for some people comes maturity, and for some others, they just keep doing this same old stupid shit they were doing before. But I mean, the, yeah. the issue I care about is making sure that my girls and my wife aren't treated treated poorly by a bunch of assholes. And um, in my case, I get some nice privilege of being a white male who is much much larger than average. And definitely, a few people have stopped doing shit when they have when they have met me in person. Um, I know I've talked about this before with Ed, with stuff with my oldest daughter and the way the boys at her high school sometimes talk to her. And a few of them have seen me and they're like, yeah, I'm not saying anything anymore. Have you seen what Lauren's dad looks like? So um, <clears throat> there's certainly some of that to it. So I don't know if I would go to conferences and talk talk to programmers about not being assholes towards women because it seems very obvious to me, but not obvious to others. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a, that's a whole other thing, right? <laughs> yes, I, I'm. I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure I could get a good uh, career as a speaker, whereas people are more than happy to have you come to their conferences um, and talk about uh, mental health issues. Although lately, it seemed like you're having a hard time getting through that message to some folks. But uh, yeah, I'm, a couple. I, I'm not sure how comfortable conference organizers would have with me standing up in front of a bunch of other programmers and saying it's time you stop treating women like shit. So I don't know how well that's going to go over. Yeah, I guess it depends on the conference. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, I think that this is a this is a, a podcast about life as a developer, right? And the kinds of things we think about, and it's about stuff, and, and so there's lots of stuff about like coding and stuff like that, and just sort of like day to day stuff, and you know, things about technical issues and junk like that. But really, a lot of it comes a lot of it comes down to like, why are we doing the things that we do? What's making us happy? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. I mean, ultimately, what, what what makes us content? What makes us feel good about the the work that we're doing? And you know, what what gives us satisfaction? 
Um, what are the things that gets in the way of that? What are the hard things about doing development in different aspects of our industry and things like that and being a, being a web developer? And and so I think that that's what the, I think. I think that's what all we've been talking about. And sometimes it's a lot of it, of course, is in the context of like technical stuff. But, um, you know, I think we talk about that some, but I always find, and I, I, I bet you do too, a lot of the times too, that the, uh, the technical stuff is, is interesting to some extent, but the stuff I always enjoy more is about like, well, you know, choices about, your life and and you know and the people the guests that we've had on who can share their experiences and share their insights into things and i i find that stuff really interesting what other um, what other yeah. podcast are you going to find out about programming and beekeeping i mean yeah well, the inter the venn diagram for that has like the little teeny tiniest overlap yes yes bees bees are super important and i think that so i think that uh i think that's what i dig about it is that you know, I guess pro- there's probably times where I could have talked about a bunch of other stuff, that, but, but you know, nobody. I don't know who just talks about code all day. I'm sure there's people who do, but I, I don't know. It's not that interesting to me. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy yeah. it, but uh, but it's you know, you get me talking about a lot of things. You probably talked to me about video games a lot longer than that, and I'd enjoy it. But uh, uh, classic video games, or just what is you know? Again, I think at the and maybe it's just because you get older. I, I mean that you start thinking a little bit more about, you know, what are what are you doing that brings you satisfaction? Because you sort of been down that road before, where you sort of been like you've been obsessed over sort of like, you know, technical things or stuff like that, or languages or things of that nature, and that shit gets real old, you know, after a while, and uh, the, you sort of figure out like what stuff really makes a difference in terms of what's 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 making you happy and what's not, and I, I guess that's what's. That's just what it's like for us. It's just talking about that, and uh, you know, we're both sort of, you know, we're on the uh, uh, well past the, uh, you know, our twenties, and uh, I like that. I, I, I'm glad we can talk about that and kind of bring that perspective, and hopefully, that's of interest to some people at least, or some people can relate to it. I hope. Yeah, the days of the sixteen-hour coding days are long, long behind us. Um, never, yeah. never to ever happen again. Um, and you know, a lot of times too, I feel like I'm just—I feel like I'm just shooting the shit with somebody when I'm doing this podcast, talking to you. Uh, as we always joke, sometimes what happens before we start recording and and after we stop um, is sometimes a lot more. It's sometimes almost, and sometimes even more interesting than the conversation that we actually had. I mean, for for example, for today because. I know Ed was talking. Ed asked me about this earlier. Was um, I noticed the other day that uh, I had stopped getting email, and I thought that it was just Google being dumb. And of course, you can't get any info out of Google because I didn't have any paid support, so I had no idea what was going on. So I initiated. Uh, I just said, okay, I'd been wanting to get my email off of Google. Um, for my various domains that I have. It's like, why don't I go someplace where I actually pay for it? Because now that I have Grumpy Learning Incorporated uh, around, I can actually get uh, the uh, corporation, which has more rights than me in the U.S., but sadly I have more rights than it in Canada, um, to get it uh, to start helping me pay for some of those things as, as taxable deductions. So um, I'm using Fastmail, and I'll tell you, you, Fastmail can get a nice big ringing endorsement from this Grumpy programmer because the whole process of creating an account for my domains and getting my mail imported um, was seamless. In fact, it's still, right now, I was telling Ed this, I can actually watch it importing um, email. Um, as as we speak, it's importing the 
I don't know. I might have almost a hundred thousand emails for Little Heart um, archived on on uh, Google, so it's copying it over. But the thing that happened was I didn't know. I, I, so when I got, so I set the DNS up and pointed things, and I'm like, why is this not working? Like, it seems just so weird. And then someone said to me, I think your website got hacked. And some some I go, I'm like. This is not my website. It was pointing Uh-oh. to some spammy thing, an ad for like, oh, look, read how this person lost 25 pounds of belly fat in three weeks. Um, spammy. Um, Aki Berry is the solution to all, all your problems site. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I noticed that when I pinged littleheart.net, it was not resolving to the IP that is my VPS. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, I went and checked my, I went and managed to get into the, my server by, based on IP address. I'm like, nope, nobody's been on here. Check the authorization logs. Nope, nobody but me has logged into here, uh, in more than a week. Nope, the timestamps on the auth log don't look weird. Um, I ran my rootkit thing, nothing on there. So I went and spoke to the, my registrar. I'm like, what's going on? How come this thing isn't pointing, uh, to where it is anymore? So what, and this is a lesson for everybody. Somebody, um, figured out my password for the registrar and went in and, um, put in a redirect and deleted all my MX records. So that's why I wasn't getting any mail. So little heart mail was a, was a black hole for at least 24 hours. Um, so they went and reversed everything, and I went and, and they said, okay, here's what we need you to do. Change your password right away, which I did to one that is impossible to guess because um, it's literally random. And uh, put a notification in now that I will get um, a text message to my phone if somebody logs in to the registrar using my credentials, so I will know right away if anybody does it. Um, so interesting lesson there on security. Like someone had been pounding away on my server uh, it's been going on for uh, a couple of weeks now, almost a month of brute force trying to log in, trying doing like a, I don't know what they call it, dictionary attack of, of right. common usernames, common services, and trying all these combinations of passwords. And my VPS is pretty much locked down as, as tight as, as me, a non-security expert, can do by uh, nobody can log in via username and password. No root logins are allowed. You have to have a public key, private key combo to get on. So I'm, I'm sure barring some weird edge case that somebody finds, that server is now locked down as tight as it can get. Um, disabled services I wasn't using and, and all stuff like that. But it was just, I was like, I was thinking this is going to be a goddamn nightmare to fix. If someone has hijacked my domain successfully or transferred right. or transferred ownership or anything like that, in this case, all they did was manage to log in and, ch- and set a redirect. And they right. said, "Yeah, did you want all your entries redirecting to this URL?" I'm like, "No. <laughs> Can you? Yeah. No, that's de- no. I did not do that. When did this person log in? They're like at such and such a time. I said, "Yeah, that's when I'm sound asleep. That's like 3 a.m. Eastern time on like a Monday. Nope, not me." Please reverse right. it right away. So, um, so I got. So I guess you could say um, I got lucky that there wasn't a more serious problem that they didn't actually like forge a domain transfer and actually take a little heart away from me because I've had mm-hmm. that. I've had that domain since 1998. And, yeah, that'd be a bummer. Or 1997, even I think maybe 1998, something like that. I got it right around the, just before. I got it either just before or just after I got married. So. Um, 16 years is a very long time to own a domain, so I would hate to have to try to rebrand and recover all this stuff, especially when I see that I have all these, you know, hundreds of thousands of messages just dating back to 2007 um, being pulled in, right? So, yeah, right. 
Uh, I know some people said to me, oh, maybe there's a good blog post coming on how to do this. I said, no, there is no blog post required. It's like, don't have dumb passwords is basically the advice. Don't have dumb passwords. Because right. I, I, yeah. I had a weak password and someone figured it out and I changed it everywhere else. I may have been using it. Even some such like, I can't remember what my password is because I have a password manager. Um, and some places I thought where I might have been using variations on this one, I, I changed them as well. Right, yeah. Well, you know, live and learn, buddy. That's right. Luckily, it did all. All it did was um, cost me time, not uh, no money. Time is money. Damn well, it. it! It definitely is. It definitely is. But in this case, it didn't actually cost me any um, snow pesos or um, American dollars. Well, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. Thank Murphy that it wasn't worse. Yeah, someone could have hijacked the domain and everything. That would have been brutal. Trying to <clears throat> trying to reverse yeah. all that, and, or my worst fear is like somebody grabs it and then like ransoms it and says like, "Oh, Mister Big Shot Book Author, uh, how about ten grand to get your domain back?" So Rough. I would have yeah. been I would have been like, yeah, I don't know what I would have done actually to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, I know I can tell. Um, so in IRC, um, Sammy K was saying that he uses one password. Um, I I use LastPass for that. I've been using it for a couple of years now. So yeah, so do I. Um, I use it so I don't have to remember passwords. That's kind of the whole goal. So something like that, yeah, just generate random passwords for everything and save it there. Yeah, so I don't have to remember. Um, so, so yeah, so the podcast about podcasts. So how do you feel? that? I mean, 50 is kind of a – it is a round number. Yes, it is. Um, no, I feel actually really proud that we're here at 50. And uh, I think that it's a, a cool thing that we've done. And, um, you know, we've steadily had growth in our audience and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. You know, I don't know. You probably don't pay attention to it. But, well, no, it says on, like, our sponsor info page, you know, I talk, I put out, like, what our numbers are and things like that. And um, this year we started getting over a 1,000 uh, subscribers to the podcast, which is probably not a lot for some people, um, but it is for us, you know. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's, it's gradually grown over the years. And, uh, I think that's really cool. I just think it's a really, it's a, it's a good outlet. It's a good outlet and, and has allowed us, uh, I think to do a couple of things. One, to interact with some folks who maybe we wouldn't otherwise. And two, also, I think give a platform to some folks who maybe might not have that same platform sometimes. And I like that. I like, uh, you know that that I think we made some uh, some cool decisions about people to have on, and you know actively sort of chose to say, "Hey, I want to get that person on there because I want to hear what they have to say about certain things," and uh, I think that's pretty cool. And you know, um, I'm also really proud of the uh, titles of the podcast, <laughs> uh, and that's well because that's usually sort of more my uh, my territory. Because I do most of the write-ups and stuff for that, and uh, I've been working hard uh, for to come up with kind of weird uh, things that sort of refer to stuff in the art in, in the podcast. But you know, it will be easy to be like episode forty-nine with X, right? You know, with this person in it, and it would probably be more marketable that way because then it would be like, hey, this person was—I don't know—it might be better for search engine shit or stuff like that. But I've always liked things that seemed like they were sort of a little bit self-aware, um, like that, uh, music and movies and books and stuff like that. And I sort of like that, you know, uh, 
I don't know, it's not entirely an in-joke, but you kind of have to listen to the podcast to know like what it's referring to. Definitely. Yeah, no, I always get a kick out of the titles, too, when I see them. Because, I mean, Ed doesn't tell me um, what he's calling the podcast. Um, and I like not knowing what, it's gonna, what that episode's going to be named until... Um, and Ed doesn't tell me ahead of a time when it's going up either. He just basically when he when he tweets it, um, that's the first time I know that the podcast is done and uh, right. that he's edited and put it up. Um, and it was interesting early on. We kind of uh, um, it took us. I don't know what would you say. Maybe half a dozen episodes before we finally got the whole. Um, technology down pat uh, we got the mics at the right spots and the tools yeah. tools that we were going to use to record everything standardizing on um, Skype for the conversation between us the use of audio hijack pro to record um, both our ends of the podcast uh, so that it would sound a little bit better than just <clears throat> potentially what it would sound like through um, through Skype because Skype can sometimes make things pretty robotic um, right. I, I know that I have a whole bunch of uh, like equipment on my desk as a result of doing the podcast. I have the Blue Yeti mic that I do. I have a nice Rode um, boom arm that I think uh, made it a lot better so that when I would type, uh, you wouldn't hear the thumping on the desk. So that's been very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and also, I, I actually think that doing the podcast has also helped uh, my presentations in terms of learning to um, form coherent thoughts on the fly and keep the... Uh, keep the conversation going and then react to what's being said to me. Cause I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm always curious to, to get feedback from people that have watched me give presentations about my style of doing presentations and whether they find it entertaining or, uh, you know, am I doing a good mix of providing knowledge and telling a story? Cause I, I, I mean, like I said earlier, when I, I, a lot of my talks to you, I'm trying to entertain. I, I like, Okay, maybe it makes me a bit of an attention whore, but I, I like entertaining people and I like sharing funny stories and funny anecdotes. And I I try to work hard to break down technology and break down because when I sit back and think of the, some of the stuff that I work on, it is actually quite technical and there's a lot of stuff you need to know. But I, I always try to think it, it doesn't have to be intimidating. Uh, I'd like to think with my books, I've helped provide people with kind of a, a gateway of getting into um, doing testing of PHP code and trying to trying to show people it's it's not as intimidating as they um, as they think it is. So um, I find doing the podcast has has allowed me to just become a better orator and talk. Uh, I feel like my presentations have gotten better because I've been doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I can dig that. I'm not sure that mine have actually, but um, but. Uh I you know I th- I think there's definitely an aspect to that. I think you learn a little bit about like how to manage you know talking to people and how to manage do interviews and stuff like that. And I'm still pretty bad at it. And I still think we have <laughs> lots of times where it's kind of like, all right, that was a very lengthy pause. Well, it happens. And what we'll are you see, supposed to? Yeah, do? No, right. Well, uh, you know, be better at it. I guess. Um, learn how to fill time. Uh, so I don't think anybody's probably going to hire me for, you know, a radio gig or something like that. Oh, you, have, you almost but, have the radio uh, voice though. Yeah. I might have the voice, just not any of the talent, a face for radio. But, as they yeah, say, I've got a face for radio. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it's, in, it's interesting too. I wrote, you know, I wrote and I kind of intended to sort of push this a little bit more. I wrote this article that was intended to be a part one thing to like how to make your own podcast kind of thing. Yeah. We never finished it. No, I never finished it. Well, we, I was the one who wrote it. Um, and, uh, and, and, well, and the other thing was that, you know, initially I hadn't really invested in like, say getting a nicer microphone and stuff like that. I was still using like a USB headset and I sort of liked the idea of doing it kind of, uh, you know, on the cheap, how, what's the cheapest possible sort of way that you can do it. And, uh, 
I think there's some, uh, I think I still know a fair bit about that, but at the same time, it just, it, it makes things a lot easier if you just, like I spent a hundred dollars to get that same blue Yeti mic that you have. Um, and, uh, that, uh, th- I think that's made a big difference. It's just so much easier to get a nice sound out of it. Um, there's little things here and there you still have to mess with. Um, and you know it doesn't quite sound like as good as some of those like really high quality ones. It's like I don't know five by five stuff and things like that. But it's definitely uh, you know I, I definitely think we've gotten a lot better. I think the sounds better. I think that we're better at doing this. Um, I think uh, my family tolerates it more, which is nice. Um, and uh, you know all in all, I think you know things have gone on pretty well. I uh I have to say I would like to take a little bit of a trip down memory lane. Sure. And uh go back through sort of the listing here sure, because but, I, I, I before we go to that too I also say that, I would also say that the probably the best investment I made recently was buying my uh new chair so we don't have the goddamn squeaks on the podcast anymore. Oh yeah, the squeakies. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to say this I, I guess I've been using this chair for a couple months now. Most most comfortable work chair. I have ever sat in. I, I talked nice. about this before. I didn't realize actually how much how um, how much my back muscles were working um, to keep me somewhat comfortable in that old chair I was sitting in because oh, I yeah. noticed that I could finally relax and I noticed that my back wasn't feeling so tense anymore from sitting in this chair all the time. You know, when you spend a couple of weeks with a chair lurching in a weird direction, you know, your mm-hmm. your core and stuff is always tweaking and tensing to try to keep you straight. And now it's like, oh, my back feels so relaxed and so much better um, um, than it used to. So, so nice. okay, so you want to go back through memory lane. So, tell you, here's how we're going to do this. You can go back. All right. You put it up because I don't want to look at it, too. So you go back and then you pick out an episode and we can kind of talk about it. And I can... Uh, the the I will be honest. I can't remember what happened in particular episodes just based on the name. No, um, no. I don't even I don't even go back and listen to any of the old um, episodes because those are like those are like conversations I had already, and that would make me some big nasty egotistical person um, to go back and listen to myself talk. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean my head's so big enough already. I don't need to make it any bigger. It's it's, it's pretty big. Size seven and three quarter. You know, it's pretty big. Right. Yep. One size fits most. It was written for you. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it, I, I haven't looked back at this stuff in a long time, and uh, like I'm looking about, I'm looking at episode one, and there's a couple things I noticed that when I click through to episode one, and it's immediately about stuff we hate about PHP. It's called what we hate about PHP. Well, because that was kind of like the very first that that's what we said. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about what we hate about PHP in the very yep. first episode. Yep, basically. I and mean, so, both of us yep. doing it a long time, and and kind of uh, the stuff that uh, you know annoys the shit out of us. And you know, not that we were going to do anything about it, but you know, yeah. I think now, though, if you look at it, though, a lot of the stuff that we we're complaining about um, back then, we didn't even know really what was going on with HHVM. And, nope. and with hack, and now we're in only in PHP. Does five plus one equal seven? So yep. um, I think a lot of what we complained about in there, some of it has a bit. Ba- I think the interesting thing is that the process by which PHP gets created has not changed and seems as toxic as ever. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. but HHVM and hack have shown up, and maybe it's made the PHP core realize that. Facebook has enough resources that you can throw it at to create a better PHP. And I don't. If I was a language designer, I would look at that and 
have mixed feelings about it. Depending on how you feel, you could be like, you may be like, I don't care, or they may be like, wow, this should really be a this should really be a, a wake up call that right. that maybe we need to start. Um, we need to start looking at how can we make the language better instead of um, instead of bickering about what features are supposed to be in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember for me, I think a lot of it had to do, a lot of my issues uh, were about availability of, uh, that, that, that still at that time, I mean, people were starting to sort of talk about um, components and modular uh, things and stuff like that. But generally, we were still in the middle of, you know, having really... Uh, big full stack frameworks, and that was kind of the focus on everything. And it was really, I think the thing was, it was really hard to find high quality components as opposed and libraries as opposed to, you know, oh, I've got to take on this entire full stack. And you were still having to go around and being like, and downloading libraries like in zip files and crap like that. And um, I think for me, the thing that's changed the most has been Composer. Um, I think that's that. Uh, and that was, you know, it was the experience that I had with like Node, uh, or excuse me, NPM un- under the Node environment and PIP under the Python. Uh, that I was like, this is really, really what I want. Like, and it's it's super hard for me to to deal to go back to PHP and like f- just find halfway decent libraries that aren't tied into larger frameworks. And uh, and I think that situation has changed a lot since then. Oh yeah, and, I've I've yeah. in every single time I give that why you can't yeah. test talk, um, I devote time to talking about Composer and about and about why it's so important. Right. So the uh, let's see the second one we said is called talking Chris down. I don't remember really what we talked about a whole bunch of here. Um, I think you wrote this uh, because it says thanks to Ed uh, for doing a masterful job of editing the results of using my crappy headset for the conversation. Yeah, I was, um, probably, I was probably busy ranting about something. Let me go see here. What do we talk about? No opinionated and objective. Yeah, I have no idea. It was probably just I was I was probably mad about something at the time when we recorded it. Would be my would be my guess. This is December 2011. What the hell was I doing back then? Probably being mad about something. Still with Kaplan, maybe? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you might have been. You were talking about doing some Node stuff, I think. Yeah, Node versus Twisted and Tornado. How being opinionated objective about a topic is impossible. Building your own... Oh, well, this is kind of early... Well, this is near the beginning of like my whole um, grumpy programmer branding stuff, I guess, when I really kind of kicked it. Cause 2000 and, yeah, because 2012, yeah. That's when the first book was already out, and I was working on the... the second book was well underway. Sounds about right. So I don't know. Talking Chris yeah, down. Be- Seem more like a, like a clever episode title than anything with any kind of substance. No, it was, yeah, there wasn't a lot of substance there. Now, um, number three was I talking think, about my book. Yes. Yeah, we talked about the book and you doing stuff on Lean Pub and how that worked out for you. Uh, and then that was when I uh, started stirring up shit. Uh, with my micro PHP manifesto, correct, um, and uh, and that was a lot of fun. But in a lot of ways, you know, it's funny. Uh, I I, I uh, it was probably stuff I'd been thinking about for a while, and I mean, it certainly goes into what I was was annoyed about with PHP, things that that we hate about it. Um, but I think that that kind of ties into that's something I think I hadn't thought about. But the the micro PHP stuff was kind of a, a little bit of a deal. Like 
people actually kind of talked about it some, and that's kind of weird. Um, and, you but did, and you did a talk about it? I did do a talk about it and gave that talk a few times. Um, and probably would have kept pushing it more if I hadn't gotten into doing the mental health stuff. Um, but when I started doing the mental health stuff and people actually wanted to hear me talk about that, that sort of seemed more important to me and I sort of got a little bit less interested in that stuff. But, uh, but I still, you know, uh, you know, people may know that right now I'm, I'm sort of looking for new job opportunities. I'm in the middle of a new job search and, uh, you know, those kind of things, those philosophies about how you build software and, and how you build web applications certainly comes up in those discussions. And that's, uh, you know, people end up going and reading crap about that. So I've sort of been thinking about that a little bit more lately. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. Uh, we just we talked about a few different things. Uh, let's see here. Well, I think you went to CodeMash. Yeah, I did go to CodeMash, which is in beautiful Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky. Yep. I, you know, I got to tell you, nowadays, don't really like that name, Sandusky. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why, if you're, especially no, right. if you have any sort of association with the University of Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, yep. So then we moved on to episode four, the Cool Kids Club. That's where we talked about Code Mash. I talked about, uh, I believe this one I was picking on Brooklyn Beta, which, in, Good case, idea. If, in case people don't know, this year's uh, edition of Brooklyn Beta will be the last. Yep. Um, so uh, my only regret is that the time it was held was always near my wife's birthday, so there was zero chance of me ever going. Um, even to it's do- on. It's always been on our wedding anniversary. Oh, for your wife, yeah. 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 Well. Yes, but no, no, not for my wife. The wedding anniversary for somebody else. Oh, okay. Oh, for yeah. some oh, one of the other members who. No, runs- no, for me. That's, yes, of course. Oh. I'm talking about my wife and the wedding anniversary of yes. What the? Never mind. Yes, I know you're confusing me now. Uh, so that's where we talked about that. And, uh, of course, one of the things that came out to light was later on, I don't know if we talked about it in a much, much later, um, <clears throat> much, much later uh, podcast, uh, some terrible behavior by conference attendees at CodeMash, um, Rubyists acting, Rubyists behaving badly. Um, was that the 2013, I think it was 2013 code measure. Maybe it was the 2014, because that's pretty, oh, early, that right? pretty early in the year. Yeah. Um, I know we made fun of Ruby quite a bit about why can't their people behave nicely. But yeah, just some weirdness with uh, um, basically sexual harassment and, and abuse of power, that type of thing between two people that worked at a company. But anyway, we're not here to talk about other people's problems. We're here to talk about our problems. So, yeah, so video yeah, right. episode number five, uh, we had Brian Moon, Brian L. Moon. Our, and Brian was the, was yes. our first guest. I'm kind of, he was I, I did not remember guest. that. Yes. And, 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 you know, I think this is great because I, I like the fact that we were able to have somebody like Brian Moon on whom probably, you know, he may or may not do a bunch of stuff like this and isn't necessarily a guy who's out there like, I'm selling a book or I'm selling, like some people we know, um, <laughs> And, uh, and but he's a fucking smart guy. One, and he is able to bring a perspective um, of how they use PHP and have been using PHP for a long time. That's very different than the kind of stuff you usually hear. And I, so I'm really proud of the fact that we're able to have somebody like him on. You know, uh, I think it's really awesome. Yeah, and, and so that was great. Brian is one of my. Um, uh, uh, conversion stories that I got him thinking more about testing because that's one thing that he has said to me many times on Twitter um, is that um, that if it wasn't for me and him being on the podcast, 
all, all those time ago, so that would have been in February of 2012, um, he would not have started thinking about testing in the same way because he said when he came on, he was expecting me to be very aggressive and getting all up in his grill um, about not having automated tests for his code. But um, I realized as he was talking to me that he does have tests. They're just different from the ones that I would do. He had a lot of tests that were doing stuff like monitoring expected behavior of the website and that's how they would know something had gone wrong with a push or a code change was not having the desired impact because they would notice based on their monitoring they had tons and tons of monitoring of deal news and um that's how they would always know if if something was going wrong so um i consider that a success story that someone who had been programming for so long already when we first started talking to him, um, came around and realized that testing is something that is just natural and easy to do and not that difficult to integrate into both your workflow and just kind of how the company itself works. I still admire him for sticking around with Deal News for so long. I mean, I guess that would be, it was 14 years when we talked to him, and this is in February of 2012, so now he's like 16 years of working at Deal News slinging slinging the PHP. Slinging PHP, slinging deals. Yep. Get your Toshiba laptop for two hundred dollars off. That's right. And get hooked up on that. Man, I used to love shit like that. I know. I know. Now I'm just like, oh, I got enough money to pay for it when it's regular price anyway. Fuck, I don't want to spend yeah, all this time searching right. for the cheapest one. Just Amazon Prime it to me already. So no, it's, uh, it's totally. I still actually, we have a friend of ours who. You know, he has a kid, and he's married, and, and uh, you know, uh, my wife and his are real close, and he's still like, man, he is just like, gotta, like, we gotta stack these coupons, man, we gotta get these promo codes and shit. He's like, like he just loves the deal. Like, you know, he'll be like, uh, he's always like, well, we saved five bucks because we got the uh, pre-owned uh, copy at GameStop. I'm like, why do I give a fuck about five dollars? Yeah, but well, but he's like get get that fucking deal, dog. You know yeah. he's all into that you know, shit. You know it's funny uh, the the grocery store that we go to um, most of the time, and I have a I have a, a Mastercard that's also has the loyalty program with them, so I can get money off my groceries when I go. Right. Yeah. And so they do price matching. So we've become like a couple of like extreme couponers. Me and my wife looking through the uh, every day <laughs> every week before we go to the grocery store, we sit down with all the flyers and look mm-hmm. through and see is there something that we buy normally and yeah we're bringing those flyers and and what i do is i do all the regular groceries and then i make my wife go at the end and she goes with all the things that are being price matched and says look it's you know the 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 cheese slices are 25 cents cheaper here so she takes a sharpie and she circles it on the flyer to show the cashier the the difference in the prices so um it's actually made a big difference i think we've we've started saving between like maybe uh, you know 10 to 15 percent on our grocery bill by uh just just spending like a half hour before we go to the grocery store Um, because we tend to plan our meals every week as well so um, during the meal planning we talk about what we're going to do and then we start looking at the flyers and like oh such such a thing is on sale we use that don't we like oh yeah sure so we can get or a sale it's a two for one so yeah we got the chest freezer we can buy a couple and put them in there that type of thing so the the biggest thing we do that I know uh, forces us to like have to make more money is that we we do not plan out meals at all oh, and we're like and we eat out a lot so i know i guarantee you we're probably spending like three times as much as we should on food <laughs> uh but we you know and i bet your wife might, might i know people who work full-time and they still do that still you know cook all their own meals and plan it out but we both work full-time she works as an rn it's uh you know it's just 
it's just kind of tough. I'm not, I mean, I'm not much of a cook, and uh, I mean, I can heat stuff up, but that's it. And uh, and she's just she comes home and she's just beat, right? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just hard sometimes, you know. So well, it's hard a lot of the time because you know she's been seeing patients all day and she's just running around, and it's, so it's just hard. And you know, that's that's one thing that we should probably do a better job on. We'd probably save a ton of money if we did that. But we're getting a little away from dealing. Do you think that uh, uh, Brian Moon could do something about that? Like where it's instead of about like Toshiba laptops and shit like that, he, something about like getting uh, I don't know produce sent to my house. I don't know. I have to talk to him. Maybe I'd should, like that. Yeah, maybe. I maybe you should find some Pawnee hipsters and they can tell you what, what their little local CSA is, and you should be okay. Uh, wait, who's asking about the weight loss? Must not be talking to me. <laughs> no, it's Sammy. Yeah. Sam, Sammy K, who I met at uh, who I met at uh, PHP Tech um, this yeah, year, sure. yeah. um, and he did the the impromptu swing dancing with Aaron at when we were at uh, Giordano's, the pizza place. Oh, you know what? I didn't go to that. That's why I didn't see it. Yeah, because okay. you're a hater. I'm a hater. Yes. I kind of am. I kind of yes. am. Giordano's pizza is so good. I uh, I decided it was worth destroying that. Well, I didn't destroy the diet that the first time that I went. The second time, I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna have some pizza." So it was. It is pretty good. I think it's. I think it's a little bit less of a thing when you sort of live closer to Chicago, like we do. So it's sort of like. Yeah, I've had it before. It's all right. You know, I, I, but, I don't even know any place in the Toronto yeah. area where I could get deep dish yeah. Chicago style pizza. I don't think any place yeah. sells it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a regional thing, so it's it's hard to find outside yeah. of the area. All right, so let's keep going here since we do have an actual okay. clock. So then, episode six, yeah, we had so. our we had as I like to call friend of the show, Selena uh, Deckelman yeah. on Selena Deckelman, and this was the first one where I used a picture. And I was also remember, so I have a picture of, of Icky of Woods, Ick, Icky Woods doing right. the Icky Shuffle. Doing the Icky Shuffle, yep. And then also, it's I remember thinking to myself, I do not code with my vagina would be a really, really good name. And it's a, of course, that's a, a like a, didn't she say she had like a, a bumper sticker or something like that that said that? I don't know. I, I don't know about that. But she, but just, she uh, said that on the episode. But she did say that on the episode, yes. Uh, and I remember thinking, do I wanna use this as the title? Is that a little too uh, uh, ribald? Um, but uh, I decided to go for it and get in your face. And uh, I thought it was uh, real good. I thought it was a damn good name, so I decided to stick with it. And I think I'm still to this day proud that we put out a podcast uh, named "I Do Not Code with My Vagina." Yes, and so it's interesting when we talked to Selena. Um, she was working for her own startup, doing right. doing an idea that I must admit, I struggled to figure out what the end game was and how they were going to make any money. Um, and in the end, it went kaboom for a variety of reasons. Right. Um, I have not poked or prodded at Selena to find out why. And she had since has since joined uh, Mozilla, so she works for Mozilla now. Yep. And uh, her and her husband just had a kid, if I remember correctly. So, um, and Selena has also dialed back her social media presence because she started talking about feminist and misogynistic issues and got trolled and threatened and all the stuff that seems to happen when you're a woman that talks about women's issues 
on um, online, which is kind of a shame. I really like Selena. Um, I still follow her, um, and I talk mm-hmm. to her every once in a while. And just she was uh, had a nice little exchange today where she was joking about how she had to block someone who was getting aggressive with her about, uh, and I'm doing air quotes about tone policing. And so I mm-hmm. said to her, I said the tone police is the name of my electronica punk band. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, she, she said she actually did laugh out loud in real life. So, so a friend of the show, yeah. Selena. Selena, we miss you. We should have to. We should get you to come back on. She would be. Wouldn't she be a third time guest? Because she came on one other time. I think she did come she, on another time. She would be I, a third time guest. I think she's trying to mellow out a little bit on some of the stuff. Sort, sort of like the being really, really active in community stuff, things like that. But I, I would really like to be able to convince her to come on again. That All would right. be great. Uh, I'd love to talk to her. All so right. That, so yeah. next episode was you have entered a pants-free work zone. We talked about issues being... Um uh, talk about issues of working remotely because you know both you and I work remotely, so that's yep, yep. Basically, and, a summary of that one. And it's important. My and the picture is, of course, a remote. <laughs> yes, but also it's uh, of note because it is a Zenith remote, and yeah. my dad worked for Zenith. Oh, I didn't know that. And we always had Zenith TVs. Uh, at home, and we had remotes like this. Very so cool. it, that little that, that was very reminiscent of uh, my childhood uh, to have that stuff because that was the stuff we and, always had uh, in the house. And I noticed in the I talk a bit about my new job at Kaplan. I had just started working for Kaplan when we did this one, and that, I will say that's uh, now the second. That was the second job I have quit because the office politics were ridiculous. So, right, just a little pro tip for you. Do you uh, let me let me ask you something, sure. Chris? you wait to have something lined up before you leave? Uh, that is always the promise I make to my wife that I won't right. that I right. will not out and out quit until I have another um, until I have another income stream to replace the one that I currently have. Uh, many times I've been tempted to just um, quit and um, and then go on Twitter and say, all right, I'm available. Who wants to hire me? Because um, I talked about in my job search stuff, it, when you have a full time job and a very high public profile, is it, it is extremely difficult to um, find another job because, especially if you don't want your current employer to know that you're right. looking. Because um, I, I, because I mean, many of my coworkers, when I was looking for something, deciding to leave Cinecore, um, and by the way, I did not leave Cinecore because of office politics. It's another job I was talking about. Um, it was hard because I had to do everything on the down low. And uh, I couldn't publicly say anything or say I'm looking for neat stuff to do. Who's doing what? Well, you know, that, I'll tell that you, sort of it's thing. it's easier. It's I mean, like I said, you guys, like I just said a little bit ago, I'm in the middle of a job search, and we can if I can just publicly say on my Twitter account, "Hey, I'm looking for a new job." I mean, you, I got a bunch more offers than than when I had this kind of and and I was I asked a lot of people before I said anything publicly. Which I mean, enough where probably somebody who was sort of like you know in the know would be like, "Hey, what what's that guy doing? Uh, is he looking for something else?" I mean, it would probably kind of hear about it, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So it is hard. It's really hard because you. I mean, you kind of want to give the "Hey, I want to get as many options as possible on the table," and you you know, you, but you just can't do that, you know, uh, because you don't want to be a total douche. Yeah, I mean, it's bad enough. There's enough hurt feelings um, <clears throat> when you move from one job to another. So um, uh, unless they wanted you to leave, and with Cinecore, that definitely um, was not the case. I mean, they did ask me uh, what would it take to get me to stay, and I was like, well, nothing, because you can't offer me the same you you can't offer me the same deal. Um, so there was kind of no point in having that discussion with them. 
So that's all. Um, so let's keep moving. Because uh, I lied, and I'm actually looking at the archives now. So episode eight. Oh, yeah. uh, episode eight, Fry Guy, Clean Up an Isle app. Um, this was the first one when Engine Yard uh, came on board. Um, and Engine Yard was an extremely long-time sponsor, and we are very thankful to Engine Yard for all the uh, sponsorship money that they threw our way. Um, yeah, for a long time. They've, they've given us a lot of that. Now, I'm afraid to ask them again because we never wrote those blog posts, but... Um uh, you know, if a if a, a uh, I know the some, right, I know the right people. A bridge, that, I know a the bridge right can be mended. I know yeah, who, that's I know, true. I know yeah, who to I talk mean, to there, so we're good. I know one or two people at Engineer PJ, as well. PJ so. and Davey can uh, can hook us up, so we should be good. Even I know PJ and Davey. Yeah, so Come so on. in this one, we kind of talked about technologies we wish to have. We wish we had time to play with, and you talked about um, uh, closure. Uh, and yeah, how I, try, be, I tried that for five minutes. Right, how you'd be like to use Python, and then I talked about how I would like to mess around with invented stuff like Node.js or Twisted. Um, so, uh, well, let's talk about that real briefly. I mean, you know, as you said you tried Closure for like about two minutes. Uh, Lisp-like languages, I think, are kind of weird if you've never worked with them before. So Yeah, but it wasn't the language. It was the tools. It was all the tooling and environment shit. And I'm convinced that... That's the stuff that actually is hard to deal with. It's like, how do I? All I want to do is get from the point where I put code in a text file and I run that code and stuff happens. And that's really all I want. Yeah, but, but that's the PHP way, right? Whereas literally, you just put the f- thing in there, you save it, you refresh a web page. So that was kind of before, yeah. Well, or, or, or Every, everything else requires a little bit more work. Well, sort of, but it's kind of like you have a you have a Python interpreter. You do Python space the file name, and it spits out the crap. Or uh, oh. you know, you have like a C compiler, and it says it, you. And I guess what I'm used to is it's like well, most of those things are already shipped with your stuff, right? So you, so like I've got a I've got a Mac. You know, it's already got a Python compiler. It's already got Perl. It's already got Ruby. It's already got C plus plus on it. It's, you know, it's, it's and it's got all that shit. So I have all those tools already. Um, I think that the, it was the adoption stuff. It was like, how do I get my environment set up to just do something was really, I, I, I just, it was confusing to me. And I think that it's not that closure was particularly awful in this respect. Um, but it's, I remember it suffered from a couple things. One, it was hard to find documentation that was not written for people who already wrote a lot of Java. And I think that happens a lot with those JVM languages. Mm-hmm. Is that they, their, I think their primary audience, or a lot of people who use them, are people who've written Java before and want to use something else, as opposed to somebody who's just like, I don't give a shit about Java. I just think that maybe this would be an interesting language. Um, and so it was kind of hard to. It was harder to find documentation for somebody like me who was like, I don't know anything about Java, or I've written, you know, I've, I've written a very, very, very small amount of Java, and not for like twelve years. So there's, so it was very difficult for me to find stuff where it was like, okay, from square zero. Imagine we you don't know anything about it, and you're just new to this language, and you don't know that it's a you know you don't know or don't care that it's a JVM language that is irrelevant to you and stuff like that. All you want to do is you this is you know this is why this is interesting, and you know, um, Go is actually pretty good in that respect. It still has a couple kind of dumb steps that you have to do where you have to like set up paths and things like that. 
um, and like environment variables, which I think is a little bit, I, maybe you don't really have to, but all the things that you go through say you seems like you have to, but, um, goes nice because it's not, it's not burdened by that. And it, it doesn't carry that burden. And it's not, it's again, it's not, it's really not a, it's not a burden that it has to. It's just like a psychological thing. I think for the people working on it is like, well, this is an alternative to Java as opposed to Go is like, this is a whole new language and we're starting from, you know, it's, it's all from scratch. It's not like this is for people who have used X before and want to transition to something else. Yeah. I mean, I so. did, I, I, I did manage to do some Go. I snuck some Go stuff into production um, when I worked at Cinecore that was doing some, um, log file analysis. So that was kind of cool to actually play with it. Um, sadly, I have done no node or um, or twisted Python for stuff. Um, I think part of it, of course, with anything, it's like the decisions that I've made. I decided uh, to concentrate on other things. I decided to write another book when this thing was going on. That I made the decision that I was going to write a like a follow up book to the uh, uh, to do the PHP unit cookbook at the time. Um, and now I've been slogging through. Spent mo- this summer. Um, slogging through writing scripts to do um, I'm doing some video training for a company and I get to fly down to Florida in October combining a family vacation and do some work I'm going to do some work first and then the wife and kids are going to come down and we're going to go to Universal Studios and uh, and um, the Harry Potter stuff and and have a nice little family vacation when we're down there and then there's plans in the winter to write another book, topic uh, yet to be determined. I'm trying to get Ed to commit to do all the hard work to write a book with me. So <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then, I mean, I think if I were to pick something that I wanted to work on, I don't know. I, I did do some JavaScript stuff when I was at Cinecore. Um and I didn't find it that scary. I actually kind of enjoyed it because um, we, we had everything set up to do tests. So I kind of felt very comfortable with like making changes, run the test, making changes, run the test, make the, making changes, run the tests um, until everything worked. So um, I could see myself doing more JavaScript where I, I mean, what I'm doing right now in the day job is, is um, less coding and actually more uh, identifying things that need to be done differently. Um, you know, I'm working on upgrading a humongous code base to PSR2 and looking at getting automated testing better. And I just got my hands on some nice reading for because um, I'm going off to Madrid tomorrow to speak at CakeFest. Uh, call, this book called The Mikado Method. Um, that's kind of a method of, of analyzing your technical debt and figuring out what needs to be fixed. And so I feel like I'm kind of moving... Everything that I keep doing moves me towards doing more, helping people solve code organization problems as opposed to just coding problems themselves. You're becoming a manager. Maybe, maybe, maybe I am becoming yeah. a manager that still actually does that. That uh, still actually does work. Um, that's my right. guess. And so, and so, getting back to the episode, we also had a nice long talk about um, home theater um, uh, PC stuff. Oh yeah, I'm pretty into that. Yes. Um, you know, and the one thing is, I, I wonder if people, you have to listen to the episode, but I remember, wasn't there somebody you knew who they called Fry Guy? Yeah. And that yeah. was where that came from? <laughs> yeah, a guy who I worked with way back when I worked at a, a grocery store. There was this guy, his name was Ron, and he had like really bad hair, and he looked... His name was Ron, too. Yeah. That's great. And, yeah. and he, well, <laughs> this is 30 years ago, and almost, right. and um, the way he wore his hair, he looked like the Fry Guy. Yeah, right. He had glasses yeah, yeah. and the way he wore his hair, so he got nicknamed Fry Guy. Yeah, that sounds like a Canadian guy, basically. Yeah, yeah, not so much. Okay. Um, and uh, episode nine, 
this is important because I was really into Bigfoot when I was a kid. Um, and I remember, like, in elementary school, doing, like, uh, impromptu, uh, like, talks about Bigfoot in front of the class. And I, I, can't, I can't believe the teacher tolerated that. But I was really into Bigfoot when I was a kid. And other sort of, also UFOs and other cryptozoology things. Right. Uh, I am not now. But the interesting thing is that uh, I remember talking about, uh, uh, well, at least I, I can imagine talking about, like, that I was really into Bigfoot as a kid. Um, and I'm kind of embarrassed, but I cannot remember anything from, else from this episode. And we talked to uh, Nathan um, Fritz, um, Fritzy, who works for um, And Yet, um, who is, uh, they're like a consulting company, and they're really big into like evented, J, J, um, evented JavaScript. They ran the And Yet conference. Um, they have, they kind of create some of their own problems. I guess, for lack of a better label, you can think of them as like 37 signals, but for JavaScript stuff. They've done a lot of their own apps. And uh, one of the other partners there wrote a really good book um, called Human JavaScript. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if people are familiar with that book. Um, I'm sure Ed will track the, track, we'll listen to this later, and Ed will have to figure out the show notes. Uh, yeah, Nathan, Nathan's a good guy. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while, um, and yet keeps running around. Um, Nathan oh. Nathan pops up every once in a while on Twitter and says something. So I haven't talked to him for ages. The main thing we got him on there because I've been talking about Jav- talking to him about JavaScript stuff, and he was heavily into XMPP, and he had actually done PHP stuff before. So it was kind of a nice tangent to get him to come onto the show. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I uh, and then the next episode. I, what I remember was that the name of that, which I like this picture. It's an awesome picture. And uh, the name of that was because I think we were talking about some conference, and we were like, "Okay, who's speaking at this conference?" And I think I said, "Well, it looks like a bunch of white dudes." Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess we talked about meteor. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, meteor. Um, we talked about the dude that wrote that PHP is a fractal of bad design blog post. Oh yeah, whatever. Um, you know, so it it was just about I, th- I you know like it's a bunch of white dudes. I, I think it also. I think we must have talked about conferences and remember we had the thing about maybe it's another one we talked about um, the British Ruby conference where every single speaker was oh, a, every yeah. single speaker was a white dude and the organizers got like super butt hurt over people saying how come there's only white dudes and well only white dudes submitted blah 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 and then they just right. went and canceled the whole thing which was I thought was like the most ridiculous. Um, yeah, that, that ridiculous thing ever. So that's where we kind of. So episode number eleven, and I remember we recorded this when I was in, um, when I was in uh, Wisconsin. I was in the oh, ho- yeah. in the hotel talking to you via Skype on my iPhone. So um, I remember that we talked to uh, the sexy beast of uh, fictive kin, Joel. Yeah, he's put on a lot of muscle since. Oh, then. I know. I see, see tweets those pictures every once in a while where he's been doing some. Uh, uh, some weightlifting. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He, so, no, he's super fucking ripped now. It's kind of oh, crazy. I know, I know. I I I, I love Joel. I've known Joel for a long, long time. I met him at uh, at uh, the last time I went to the conference that is not known that is now known as um, Confu. Um, oh yes, uh, mm. I met him at, at PHP Quebec. So I remember meeting him, and that was kind of cool before he uh, before he blew the fuck up to be the superstar that he is now. So, <sighs> so oh, I'm gonna deadlift a thousand pounds. 
slams yeah, right. it back into the slams it back into the wreck. So then that was so episode eleven we talked to Joel. Then episode twelve yeah. was Irish eyes are always smiling. Who the hell did we talk to? We talked about through a haze of Jaeger bombs. Uh, oh, I think it was just you and me, and I misspelled right. the episode. I miscounted the episode. We talked about Apple's magical devices. You talked about Python. Uh, we ran on and on about Rackspace, fucking something up, man. I don't even know. Oh yeah, Rackspace tried to rip me off for like one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they kept doing it, like like the same thing happened the next month, and I was right. Like, they kept charging you even after you'd said. I fucking Dude, told like, you guys this wasn't working. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so I was really pissed about that. So I think I might be over it now. But like for a long time, I was like, "Fuck Rackspace! I'm never using those guys." Right. Ever so again. so episode thirteen was the live one that we did at uh, PHP Tech 2012. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and it appears that whatever picture I used before is gone now. Oh, you um, mean you didn't save it locally? Hot damn. No, I usually just link to it because it, you're supposed to when it... Man, that's harsh. When you use Flickr, you're supposed to just link to it. Um, you're not supposed... Or you're supposed to include it. You're not supposed to grab it and... Uh, do that. So I didn't, and apparently it doesn't work anymore. So I don't know what the picture was. Uh, you know, maybe there's a link to it. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. it's uh, it, it's actually somebody we know, but it's still 404. I wonder if he pulled his picture off. Maybe he did. Um, so then in episode uh, 14, we talked to... I, I bet it was a picture from Tech 12. Maybe it was. Uh, uh, it was and we talked, to, uh, we talked to Justin Searles, uh, who is a JavaScript oh, yeah. developer and JavaScript testing expert who helps uh, run Testdouble, which is a JavaScript and Ruby uh, consultancy based out of the Midwest. Is it Columbus area or Cincinnati or anyway somewhere in around there, somewhere in Ohio? And I still talked to Justin, and I actually got to meet with Justin when I was at Oradev um, when I went and uh-huh. spoke. Um, Oradev, for those don't know, who don't know, I'll talk about it real quick. Um, the the largest web conference um in europe like think of a conference with like 12 tracks um covering a ridiculous number of technologies i went there and gave a php talk and there were eight people in the room so it was pretty awesome nice nice that's great (laughs) so yeah we talked to justin justin is a cool guy and and he's um i find his tweets mostly entertaining oh Uh, yeah episode oh and well i should say too this was the first one we streamed that's oh, was it says it? Oh, that cool. in the notes that Very that cool. was the so episode 15 whack job central is where you finally decide to start sharing about your struggles with depression and anxiety yep yeah uh, so, so we can just keep moving on episode 16 um yep exactly. uh foam cowboy hats isn't that merlin man wearing uh a cowboy hat that is Merlin Man, isn't it? Is it? I don't know, actually. I think that's some guy at Flickr. I'm not 100% sure. Um, uh, no, it is. See, it says, if you click on it, it says Merlin and the Foam Cowboy Hat. I knew it was Merlin Man. There it is. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, and we talked about remote pair programming stuff, which was really I, something I always kind of wanted to figure out how to do mm-hmm. uh, and never have. Um, and then I talked about Lone Star PHP. Yep, yep, because you had gone that, that year. Gone to it that Correct. year, and I did not. Correct. I, remember. I went the next year. Yes. All right. Well, that was good times. That's good. All right, oh, episode going. 17 was the one where we got, I remember a comment on Twitter um, because I had spent about 10 minutes talking about how I fixed No, no, no. It wasn't in Twitter. It was in the chat channel. A guy was in the channel. Oh, that's right. It was on IRC. Why, why are you talking about fixing your dryer? Cause this, this is fucking stupid. Because this was at the end, and then you just like, boom, went into snap bitch mode and started like yelling at the guy. It was. Uh, 
You were, yeah. It was very, very interesting. You're just arr, 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 getting real bitchy with them. So it was. Yeah, it was, I do that sometimes. It was um, quite entertaining. Yeah. So the the triumph of that episode was that I had fixed my clothes dryer. Correct. And do, do, do you still uh, yeah. have that dryer? Or have you since replaced it? No, we left it at the old uh, the old oh, house so because the, the new house has has better stuff. It came with it, so we did not transport that stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, and this was something where we talked about Aspen. I remember, which is this really interesting uh, web framework that is almost reminiscent of PHP in that it's like a single file corresponds to a a, yes. a, 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 yes. a, a, a URI path and. It's this weird combo of sort of like template and um, logic separated by a very arbitrary sort of like character. I can't remember that sort of like escapes the two pieces yeah. in the middle of the file. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It was kind of interesting that, again, it's called Aspen. And uh, yeah. I, I, I haven't touched it for a while. Is it still up at Aspen.io? Uh, it, is. it is. It looks like I just went and looked at the GitHub. looks like I mean, people are still doing stuff on it, so it's still being worked on. So, you know, congrats to them for keeping their, keep uh, cranking away on stuff. Yeah, we should do this. Is, I'm going to trash all my, like, Flask apps and you do it. So then, so then, in so that was number seventeen. So in eighteen was pull request welcome, where I talked about passive aggressiveness, um, where people were using pull request welcome for their open source project as basically a way of telling people to fuck off. Is kind of how I I felt about. I still feel that way. um, That. That it's like um, it's just a slap in the face at someone to say, well, if you disagree, pull request welcome. Um, because really, the thing is, you can send a you, someone can send a pull request, and you can still you can still be a dick and just close the request. Um, so, I think it's a very disingenuous thing to say to people. Well, if you don't like it, um, it's like the whole thing. Well, if you don't like it, write one yourself. If you don't like it, fork the project. If you don't like it, send me a, a pull request um, to fix it. Um, I still think I still think talking to people like that in that kind of dismissive tone um speaking of tone policing in that kind of dismissive way um i still i still think it's a dick move i know for my own project that i work on um open cfp which is the call for papers app um i look at every pull request and if i deem it worthy of merging um i merge it and i say thank you in the comments of the person if i disagree with the pull request i actually reach out and talk to the person themselves not doing it via comments when i when i remember to not do it via the comments um things go a lot smoother just say hey i saw your pull request can you kind of explain to me what you were thinking of doing and then they're like oh i was gonna do this i'm like okay mm. i was like uh yeah no i don't want that or right. or yeah i like that um I'll, I'll go back and i'll merge that request in so that was kind of what that episode was about just me saying pull request welcome is just still another still a, a an attempt to make a socially acceptable way to tell people to go fuck themselves right 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 then the next one uh, we had uh, Chris Shiflet on, and I apo- and I apologize for being a douchebag about um, about Brooklyn Beta. Yeah, that was the almost an apology that you gave. Yes. I think I did was, apologize. Uh, I said I was sorry. I was wrong. Yep, yep, yes. No, I was just fucking with you. Um, and that was good. We got to kick this in because we're only up to like uh, uh, specializations for insects. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh yeah, Chris, Chris Arches, Christian Nightmare. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great picture that you have there of the, of the thing falling off the wall. Oh, we made the episode Dos Equis. That's right. Yep, that was twenty. That was great. 
Um, yeah, so yeah. the main thing we talked about was True North PHP. So that was the big mm-hmm. thing that we talked about. And you talked about your experiences moving um, from PHP to Python. Um, you still content to do Python going forward if the offer came through to do coding work? Or are you, or are you looking for PHP stuff? I, I Well... I definitely feel more comfortable with PHP or even JavaScript. Like if you just said, we're just going to write node apps all day, I could, I would do better at that. Um, I just feel, I sort of don't feel experienced enough with Python to be able to, like, I, I don't immediately recognize different possibilities of what I could do with the language. And so I, I don't feel like I'm that same senior level kind of expert with Python. Uh, if you're okay with that um, and don't mind putting up some time, it, it's uh, you know I feel like I can get there, uh, and I certainly could do that. But uh, I don't quite feel like like I, I I have such a good feel for like PHP is like how do I tell like what's in the object and what's going on and stuff like that, and that stuff just isn't natural for me with Python yet. Um, especially things like how, how am I debugging this and like what you know what what is this? and I don't have a good feel for like the class system in Python stuff like that. But I I could do it. I just think that probably a place that was really needed uh, like all Python work, I might not be the best choice for it unless they were comfortable with like well you know a bunch about a bunch of different shit and we just happen to be using Python. So cool. Yeah. All right. So then episode twenty one like the like blackjack like the gun salute. For those about to rock, I know that we talked about the episode that um, ACDC's "For Those About to Rock" is the um, first uh, uh, LP that I ever bought. Um, oh yes, yes. And I have it at home here in storage, so I'll have to dig it out and take some pictures um, and put them up on the twitters. Uh, so we had our super super special friend Elizabeth Naramore right. um, come on to talk about uh, Code Connects, which you um, attended and spoke at. I did, I did, and that was a great, a great, a small, a great conference. Um, it was the first thing, first conference I'd ever gone to in Indianapolis, which is only about an hour away from where I live in. Um, and I think I'm going to the second one that I am going to be attending now because I'm actually, I think I'm going to speak at a, a thing coming up. Mm, cool. Down there. They, they've been doing a little bit more stuff there, which is cool. So I've been excited about that. Yeah. And then also we talked about app.net, which was trying to position itself as a Twitter alternative, and that thing has died a fiery death, I think. I think it still operates, still, but, the, yeah, they, but they don't have. They don't have people on it full-time anymore. Yeah. I think that's the thing. It, it didn't uh, live see. up to the dream. Twitter survived the, uh, the, shit, the shit storm about it. Uh, so let's see here. Then 22 was object-oriented home renovation. <laughs> well, that's a great <laughs> oversight. Well, thank you. Oh, we talked to Jim Gay, uh, yep, mm-hmm. author of Clean Ruby, uh, bringing in the idea of uh, uh, DCI concepts to Ruby. So he has that book. I don't even know if he's done the book. He still may be um, uh, cranking it out. Uh, we made fun of We uh, ganged up on uh, Jim and used him as a punching bag for all the right. dickheads yeah. in the Ruby community. Yep. Um, and so he talked to us about his home renovation stuff. And I know that after all this time, he still follows me on Twitter and interacts with me. So uh, shout out to Jim. Um, good job. Uh, keep pushing those alternative views of organizing um, Ruby and Rails apps because Rails still needs the help after all these years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They do, uh, but it was interesting. I remember his DCI stuff was really interesting, and I'm not sure I still, if you asked me to sit down and explain it, I don't think I could, but I remember thinking, oh, well, this is an interesting idea and very different than how I had thought about this stuff uh, before. Uh, so that would that'd be worth going back and looking through the data context interaction stuff was, yep. was pretty interesting. Um, let's see here. Let's move on. 
so our episode twenty three, we had Reg Braithwaite and Ash Dryden come on and talk about uh, yes. uh, talk about diversity issues, inclusiveness. Um, we talked about Star Trek, railroad that was games. Good. Yeah, um, that was yeah. a good. That was a good one. I really enjoyed that one. And um, people still link back to this one, and I see people mention this every once in a while. Um, right. Ash Ash has links to it on her uh, on her website. Mm-hmm. Um, so Reg um, has kept a much lower profile these days than he used to. He actually stopped technical blogging. Um, oh, yeah. Well, he killed a guy, isn't that what happened? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Reg did not kill a guy. In fact, he just actually emailed me today because he was looking for someone, um, a family friend of his, um, runs um, a website, uh for OPSU, which is one of the local um, uh, unions here in Ontario that helps with the teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they have a Drupal site that they hired someone to work on, but they did a really crappy job. So she's just looking for someone to help them fix the fix the Drupal site. And I said, well, I don't know anything about Drupal, but I'll see if I can track somebody down. I'm sure I can find somebody in the Toronto area here who can who'd be happy to take their money. Um, right. uh, so, yeah, so Reg still tweets, but just Reg was like, Reg is a really interesting guy, and I think he was concerned about. Um, he was worried about problems if he started if he kept tweeting about diversity because Reg is um, uh, is a black dude or half black, I guess is the correct mixed mixed parentage. Um, yeah, uh, and so he was wor- he was kind of worried about what was gonna what what could happen to him if he kept talking about this stuff. And so he's working at GitHub, works on the documentation team for them now. Um, so still a cool guy. I keep saying to him, I got to have lunch with you sometime and catch up. And now that I have my Fridays free, I'm pretty sure I can arrange that with him at some point. So um, this was a good episode, I thought. Right, right. And then there's the, I, I had screwed up that episode when I had produced it and I had to correct it. That's why the next uh, right, list in there is just a screw up. Uh, but then we get uh, Matt Turlin in episode 24, members only. Yep, my former oh, co-worker yeah. at um, Cinecore, who's now working for a different um, startup doing some educational stuff. Um, so we talked about him. He does Fergie, which was um, an IRC bot written in PHP. So it's used by a couple of PHP channels. So mm-hmm. um, we talked about a few things, microservice architectures. We talked about the Catalyst framework, which is, uh, I believe, is it the Perl one? I think it's a yeah, per, yeah I it's, think it is, yeah it's yeah. a per, it's a Perl MVC framework because I know that some of the really smart PHP uh, Perl hackers at Cinecore um, said that if I ever wanted to build web apps with Perl they would recommend Catalyst. Um, so type of members only jackets ah oh, the good old days of the eighties mm-hmm. oh yeah uh, so then twenty five or halfway through this review folks we made it to a quarter century and we just talked to each other you talked about Code Connects. Um, I, I tried to goad you into arguing more about push, pushbacks <laughs> against microframer people telling you full stack is where it's at, bro. Um, right. We talked about, oh yeah, you talked about the thing where you're trying to figure out how to create um, infinite scrolling stuff. Um, you talked about, yeah, uh, we mm-hmm. had a nice long conversation about your attempts to figure out how infinite scrolling um, worked. It's all about if you want to keep, it becomes much harder if you want to keep the native scroll bar in the browser. If you hide that and then sort of put in your own little fake thing, it is way easier. But if you want it to work well with the scroll, that's what gets really hard with it. It's, it's like, does the scroll bar reflect like how big it should actually be? And it's it's still a really complex problem that I think you're better off trying to avoid. Uh, that's what I'm convinced at the end of the day is that infinite scrolling is generally something that you should just try not to do. Absolutely. Uh, so then you posted 
part one of the never to get to part two um, yeah, right. kind of podcasting on the cheap. Um, really, right. our setup hasn't changed much except that you've just been, the only difference is that you now have the same mic that I do. That's basically yeah. the only difference and I think in the it, setup. I think it really does sound way better. So, uh, and, Well, and the other thing is actually just recently I stopped using Reaper to do the production and I'm using uh, Logic. Okay. Uh, to do production, but that was only just like a, a few episodes ago, um, and uh, that was just an outgrowth of me being interested in logic, and I decided to drop the money for it. Sure. Uh, Twenty six. What did we talk? We talked to uh, nobody. Um, but we talked about Aaron. We talked about Aaron Schwartz. We talked about Aaron Schwartz, uh, and I thought that was uh, interesting. Um, and um, yeah. Oh, and we had a we had we did have a sponsor there who uh, helped us out a little bit. That what? was pretty cool. Easy Bib. Yes, um, um, my friend Till in uh, Deutschland. Who when I went when last summer when my wife and I went to um, Berlin, he and Jan um, showed us around. Uh, oh and, yeah, and we had a good time. Yeah, I would love to go back to Berlin um, and Vienna. Love those places. That was very cool. Yeah, they've been trying to get me to come to that too, and I just haven't. Uh, I really need to do that probably though one of these days. The thing is that I think I'm not allowed to go without my wife. Yeah, that would. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would not recommend going there without your wife. Uh, they would really enjoy it. Well, and also I'm I'm really scared to go by myself to do something like that. Oh so yeah, I, no, I really have to. Do no, that, no, you but, definitely definitely uh, need to. Uh, have and this is so episode 27. Selena Deckelman is back. Yes, that's so was our first two time. Um, guest. So she talked about her database stuff, talked about her working at Mozilla. Um, you know, so that was good. I love having her on. We actually had a whole bunch of things we talked about in this one. So we talked about XH GUI, um, talked about homebrew, like we talked about keeping like a, a Unix y like environment on your Mac. So you have homebrew, Mac ports, you have Fink. We talked about Vagrant. You had a mm-hmm. link to the standard soapboxes and shamans, Linux kernel. We talked about BitKeeper and Git. Link to my uh, book. Uh, yeah, De- Deadwood's favorite word, which of course is cocksucker. So that's uh, right. right yeah. uh, how corporations play the open source game. Oh, a bunch of rambling things. Selena's awesome. We definitely have to try to get her to come back. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Canadian Twinkie smuggler. Yes, I talked about me uh, bringing Twinkies over the border to my friends in um, in Buffalo because they couldn't get uh, Twinkies uh, in the local stores anymore. And I, I argued that Tasty Cake was really the way that people should go. Maybe. Yeah, I'm a Tasty Cake guy. Never liked the Hostess stuff. Always was into Tasty Cakes. But it's because my family grew up in the East Coast and Philadelphia. So... It's kind of a Philadelphia-ish, you know, and Pennsylvania thing. Right. And then, so, uh, looking at the notes, so we talked about Twinkies versus Tasty Cakes. Uh, also talked about, this was the uh, Ruby on Rails JSON processor YAML deserialization code execution bug. Oh, yeah. That bit all the Rails people and allowed the PHP people to go, ha ha, you think your shit's any more secure than ours? You're wrong. Suck it. Suck it. Yep. Then we have a link to something called Bleach, which I have no idea what that is. Like, that is a, that's like, it's sort of an HTML purifier oh, so thing for pipe for python oh there we go all right that makes sense uh yeah yep yep okay uh, so then so one of my favorite titles to be honest with you snappy answers to stupid questions that was episode yeah. 29 with the of course the you found the very timely uh timely uh mad magazine cover yep, yep. uh so we had uh so this was one where we did um a mailbag which we haven't done in a while we should probably try oh, to yeah, do one of should, those again we should really do that. And then, uh, I, and then I, yeah. special thanks to Joel Claremont for close, killing the show with the joke. What's the difference between a junior and senior developer? 
$40,000. Thank you. Good night. Tip your server. So that was, uh, that was a good one. Thanks to Joel for that one. Yep. Yep. Uh, and episode 30, uh, that was a, a dad boner reference. Yes, and I uh, followed dad boner, and I have stopped following dad boner because I'm finding him way too derivative now. Yeah, I think maybe that's kind of run its course. You know what I mean? But um, uh, I, I don't even sort of remember what this picture is about. I don't um, know. Um, and so on that episode, we talked about um, my latest book, and you talked about uh, some of the mental illness stuff you had done, I believe. Is that what it says? Yes. Oh, talk about your plans. So this is where you're going to do the the summer of crazy, where you went around to a bunch of different conferences and oh yeah, got mm-hmm. got someone else to pay for your flights and hotel. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I got some. Yeah, that that was good times. That was good times. Um, oh, did you talk? Didn't you have to take your cat to the dentist? Yeah, we never ended up doing it, um, mainly because uh, both my wife and I were not. We're not so the thing was right. Our one of our cats needs a bunch of teeth removed, Um, and when he went got under the anesthetic, his heart rate went completely crazy. And they're like, "You need to get your cat looked at and get this kind of expensive cardiac scan so we can find out what's find out what's wrong with them." And so the problem was, the thing wasn't cheap, and if we got it done. And then we find out there's something wrong with him. That means he could drop dead at any time. And, yeah. we, and we kind of didn't want that hanging over our heads. The, every time that we looked at the cat, we'd be like, is this the time? Every time we see him sleeping on the couch, is he still alive? Did he finally kick it while he was sleeping? Um, so we didn't want that. So we're just like, the cat doesn't seem to be in pain. He doesn't seem to complain um, about his teeth at all. So I don't know, maybe at some point he'll get it done. I I just don't like the idea of getting him looked at and knowing that he's going to kick it, that he that he could yeah. that he could kick it at any time. So that's yeah. kind of what that was all about. Yeah. Um, we linked a little bit more to Aspen. We talked about uh, oh, you talked about going to the Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah, when I was a kid and I was I, I, I did video game fanzines and stuff. I went to the Consumer Electronics Show and I remember being there um, in uh, the year when. Uh, this when Nintendo was going to announce and Sony thought they were going to announce and Sony actually had a, a press conference and says they were going to make a CD-ROM add-on for the Super Nintendo. And then the next day Nintendo has their press conference and they say uh, Philips is going to make a CD-ROM add-on for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> uh, so it, I and, and it's funny, I actually read a really good book called Code Wars uh, that just came out recently that gets into that interviews tons of people about this period. Um, it really focuses more on Sega, but also a lot on Nintendo and also on the people who were involved in creating the PlayStation. Uh, and it was pretty interesting stuff and lots of detail about that stuff in there. Um, and that was actually what that was what led to the creation of the Sony PlayStation, oh, cool. the, the PSX, was that. Uh, failed attempt to uh, to do something with Nintendo, but apparently Sega was really close to doing something with Sony too, and they were going to work on a console together. But Sega of America and Sega of Japan were basically sort of like at odds with each other, and Sega of Japan basically said, fuck you guys, we're not going to do it. And so that's why you had the Sega Saturn. That was not that great. That was created in Sony or Sega of Japan. And it was a dismal failure, and um, Sony crushed them, basically. Yes. Came out with a console that was focused on 3D as opposed to 2D, and was $100 cheaper. 
and uh, it was just a disaster for Sega, and they never recovered. Winner, so it was pretty winner, interesting. Winner, chicken dinner is basically yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, so then episode uh, 32 was the live recording that we did at Tech 2013. Yeah, that's the one no one showed up to. Yes, because we got uh, punked by somebody else, cock-blocked. Yeah, I seem to recall that. Yes, I remember not being happy about that at all. Uh, so episode 33, there's a nice thing about arcade. There's some nice pictures of some arcade cabinets there. Um, we talked about Google Go. You talked about vintage gaming. Um, and I talked about how could you truly be private on the Internet in the light of widespread government surveillance. So it sounds like a bit of a downer. Um, yeah, why do episode. we even want to talk about that, really? Yeah. Let's just focus on the video games. So. Stuff. Then in episode 34, we had Sarah Goldman on, long, long-time PHP core contributor, uh, author of the only good book on writing extensions for PHP. I have a copy, yep. and I got her to sign it for me, finally, when she came yeah. to True North PHP. Um, and one of the driving forces behind the open-sourcing parts of um, Hip Hop for PHP, so HHVM, Hip Hop Virtual Machine. Um, so that was, a, that was a very good uh, episode. I thought it was good. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, let's see here. Let's an alternate. Oh yeah, we also had to talk about alternate books from the Bible, which was uh, oh yes, that was good times. I enjoyed that. <laughs> so we had the summer of funk sanity. Uh huh. I like that robot. That is um, very cool. Yeah. And so we. T- I just. I talked about stuff I did. And I talked about, pretty much. And I talked about my softball league that um, I decided to go out on top, uh, and I quit earlier this year because it just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I hear you. We won the championship. I finally hit a home run. There was no other personal glory available to me in the league, so that was enough. Right. Uh, so, yeah, and then maybe PHP isn't lame as we thought, as lame as we thought. Um, yes. And, yeah, uh, and that was really – so this would have been last fall where we started talking about that. And, of course, this is this picture was from PHP Tech several years ago, the infamous um, KISS Rock band episode. Yes. Yeah, so, I, who are all the people in here? So, Paul That's, Reinheimer. Right, well, so it's Chris Schiffler, yep. Paul Reinheimer, and uh, Coates. I think is that is Sean one Coates. Of them. He's one of them, but I don't know which one he is. Um. Uh. Yeah, I can't tell. Yeah, I don't know either. That's what always make me wonder. So yeah, we talked about HHVM, and uh, we had, we talked about Ski PHP a little bit, like upcoming appearances, composer, the dev server in PHP five four, which I have used a few times now. Extremely handy for um, testing stuff. Big time. Yeah, big time. Big yeah, time. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think Arby is one of those people. Uh, Chris Brook. Uh, ads in IRC that I think RB may be one of those people. I wonder which one RB is. Maybe the one. I mean, maybe the one next to Paul. Paul, who's home? I think so because it seems like that's a little bit. That's a little bit outgoing for Sean to be sticking his tongue out like that. Yeah, he's just he'd, he'd have to be pretty out, yeah. drunk to be doing that. I think. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I think this is one of your favorites, the Jets versus Sharks episode yes, and, and image. with Paul. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, these two guys fighting in the kitchen, Jets versus Sharks. Uh, we had Paul motherfucking Jones on the show to talk about the solar framework and uh, the Aura component library. And we talked about dependency injection and human behavior in tribes. And yeah, somebody will probably, and then probably someone will get mad about this episode. There's a little thinly veiled reference to our favorite Laravel creator. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. 
And uh, uh, interesting to come out of this, um, Paul and I lie, I would say, basically at opposite ends of the political spectrum. And, yeah, uh, sure. uh, but he and I have had some very good conversations over the past couple of years, and this is a very timely topic, about um, the militarization of police and the big-time change of their role in society ever since 9-11, how uh, law yeah. enforcement is viewed. And so the events happening, as we record this, um, they're in, like, what, the 11th day of rioting in Ferguson? in Missouri where peaceful yep. protests happen and then when the when the sun comes down the cops um, basically throw in enough uh, equipment that they look like they should be in a war zone instead of being um, trying to keep protesters from getting out of hand and shooting tear gas and clubbing people and arresting reporters and doing all the shit that really you don't think they're supposed to be doing as part of their job as police officers so Paul and I have spoken privately a couple times about kind of the militarization of police. It's called the rise of the Praetorian class, how it also goes with um, the idea that if you've served in the military, you get um, you get a pass on a lot of... Basically, the idea that you should now be worshipping the military and law enforcement. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. That those people in your society deserve... Uh, a much higher status and deserve much different treatment than the general public and a a, a gross uh, deference to them in the idea that um, they have rights that we will not give to anybody else and that um, all their excesses are forgiven um, because um, they are supposed to be better equipped to deal with these things than the general public. I mean, I don't know if you saw the link to the blog post that someone did, a, uh, like an opinion piece in um, the Washington Post today, um, a former police officer who also does work in training for Depart- oh, Department yeah, of Homeland, time. Homeland Security, time. where the guy basically said, hey, you don't want to get you don't want to get um, beaten, shot, um, hit with a baton, uh, pepper sprayed. uh don't challenge us. I mean, it's basically like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, right. thanks for confirming that all cops are assholes by saying you don't want to get in trouble. Just believe everything that we say and don't give us a hard time. So, um, yes. So Paul and yeah, I have had, a, few, which is Paul awful. And I have had yeah. a very few really animated discussions via private message on, um, on um, Twitter uh, about topics like this, so it's it's fun. I, I st- believe me, uh, Paul and I are still friends. It's just that we realize we are on opposite ends of the political stru- uh, spectrum. Um, right. Him being very libertarian, and me being, I don't know, borderline communist because I live in Canada. I guess. Yes, exactly. So dark secret branding. I talked about. Uh, we had Jonathan Snook, who we tried to get to dish dirt about uh, Yahoo, and he was unwilling to do so. Yeah, he, he did not give us the kind of. Uh uh, the kind of scoop that we needed. Yeah, but he did talk yeah. about his own experiences with building his own personal brand, and he talked about his time that he worked at. Uh, he used to work for Yahoo, and now he's working for Cardiff. No, who's he working for? Cardify. He's working for some shopping cart. Shopify. 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 We're yeah. we're a Canadian company, so he works for Shopify. They're based out of Shopify is based out of Ottawa, which is the Canadian capital. So, mm-hmm. so we talked about that. We oh, we talked about the the um, hardcore history podcast. I remember that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's um, still going strong. Their stuff on World War One is awesome right oh, now. Cool. So then we talked about animal style. We talked about yeah. go, talked about going. going to, yeah. we, we were we were there. We went to uh, we were at uh, Ski PHP and we went to In and Out and I got to have a burger animal style. So we recorded it while we were there at Ski PHP. So it was kind of fun. Uh, right. The recording was kind of weird because we had to do it in a very different way than we normally did. Um, recording. Yeah, well, we should. I, I have like a much better recorder now that I like a pocket recorder I can use, so it should be better, a lot better than that. That one turned out not super well. <laughs> yeah, well, but you know, we decided to try it. So then, for episode number forty, we had Sean Coates on. 
Um, yeah. So he talked about you know how Fictive Kin as their you know their, their app stack covers very uh, different languages. The impact composer talked about mentoring. Talked about speaking at conferences. Kind of talked about a little bit uh, a little bit of everything, and that was a good one. I like Sean. We had Sean on. He was the um, for the second True North PHP. He did the opening keynote, and I know they submitted a talk this year. So I have to see if that gets accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about a couple. We talked about Tub McGraw. Talked about Webshell. Yeah, Webshell was like a little node-based app that you guys yeah. created and used internally, right? Great idea. Great idea. I wish they had had more time to kind of keep up with that. Yeah. But uh, it really was kind of what the idea was. It was a you know it was sort of like a a REPL or a shell for HTTP. And uh, really, really cool idea. It, the, but the, of course, it ran on like Node zero point two and right. doesn't work on any of the new versions now. Right. So. So looking at yeah. the, so looking at the notes, we seemed like we talked a lot about like packaging and bundling things together and and kind of right. kind of where PHP and I know that um, uh, Ben Ramsey and Jacques Woodcock and I'm sure at least one other person that I'm forgetting have been working on virtual PHP vert PHP package a way to kind of do the same sort of thing that like virtual right. env in Python does to give a directory where you can specify a certain uh, version of PHP to be used. So that's kind of the idea. Um, I know my experience with virtual env where I, I found it to be an incredibly useful tool. Yes, I love virtual env and I would really like there to be an equivalent, like a sort of an official equivalent or a very well supported equivalent sort of the way on the level of like composer. Um, and I don't think it's there yet, but they seem to be serious about pushing it. So I'm, I'm really hopeful. Um, so the next one was, uh, I'm a big fan of this phrase, let me wet my beak on, uh, this, uh, for episode 41 and, uh, talked a lot about, he was about, uh, talked to David Rogers. Right. Al, uh, Al I, the X and you kept butchering his name. I think I called him Roger David a couple times. Yep. Um, and, uh, he's teaching PHP courses, uh, to, in college, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I talked about F unit. The uh, little—I uh, call it the testing micro framework uh, that Fair I wrote. Unit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it's uh, not F unit, folks. Pronounce it correctly. It's Funit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was good stuff, and that was that was fun. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, hacking difficult people. Oh, that was the, that was a great episode with Laura Thompson. Yes. Oh, um, Laura. We we tried for. Ever to get her on the show? Yes, and, it uh, took us a long time to, to, to mix up to find a, something that was going to fix for her schedule because uh, she was in the middle of writing a book too. I think maybe at this time I can't remember if her book had come out by that time. Oh, the book uh, she was doing on the side, yeah, I think yeah, she the was fiction doing book, yeah. not the uh, not not the uh, tech book stuff. Yep. Um, but this just had, was full of really good information about team building and about running dev teams and just a great. Just super awesome. Yeah, this really is, good. This is a really, really good talk. Uh, um, I'm, I'm really glad that we got Laura uh, to come on the show. That's episode 42. Um, nude Relic. Yeah, Nude Relic. Uh, the uh, um, When New Relic decided to sponsor us for a little bit. Uh, and we had Josh Lockhart on there, who was the guy who created Slim Framework for PHP and also... He started the PHP the Right Way project, which is uh, go to phptherightway.org, I think it is, and uh, which is a great sort of read for it. If you've done development before, um, 
but are new to PHP or you've only done PHP, but you kind of want to see what are some sort of at least advised better practices. Um, and uh, that was a really good talk. Uh, I mean, I'm excited because I'm a big Slim Framework user, so I was really excited to have him on, and I enjoyed that a lot. That was a lot of fun. And then we had our, our um, we had Patty Foran on the yeah. show for episode uh, number 44. And so Patty did the, um, at uh, Tech 14, he did the Mental Health Summit with you, and I've known Patty yep. for a little bit. Yep. Um, yep. Had dinner with him one time when I went down to Buffalo because he used to live in Buffalo before he relocated to New York City. So mm-hmm. we met on there. He talked about Go, talked about his book, Your API is Bad. Um, this is when Rove came on to sponsor. So yep. um, um, uh, Patty was also at Distill, right? You guys did the same thing. You did the yep. Mental Health yeah. Summit at Distill. Yeah. Yep. So I just saw him and met him and his uh, boyfriend, and they were great. And uh, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was great to see him again just last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember now. But anyway. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. Uh, Patty's just a great guy, a super interesting, uh, has lots of th- interesting stuff to say and a really interesting perspective on stuff. So it was, that was a really good one. So I'll have to tell Patty on Twitter that we said nice things about him tonight. And so then yeah. uh, episode 45, single quotes for WebScale, we had Steve Corona on who wrote a book. Uh, called Scaling PHP, where he talked about his experience of setting up, what the heck was the company? TwitPick. TwitPick. Where he yeah. wrote, uh, where he helped build TwitPick. And I remember the irony of this was <laughs> he'd been talking about all the company I'm working for is hiring people. Blah, blah. And then, like, not long, like, just before we set this thing live, he quit there and went to go work at yeah. some other startup. So that was kind of, that was, I got a little chuckle out of that. Yeah, that was good um, times. But it sounds like Steve is one of the, probably a handful of, people that have run into that really really understand how to build scalable php applications so right um, yes uh, i mean i thought that conversation with him was very interesting he also another guy could talk about experience of writing a book so it was good yeah no that was good and he's way made way more money than you doing that he has definitely made way more money than <laughs> doing it. he's he's figured out how to monetize that well, so it's, yeah it's it's my uh, choice of topics believe me i oh sure yeah no i totally understand yeah uh, whatever. Then um, episode 46 yeah. was uh, the recording of the 2014 show where Paul Reinheimer basically monopolized the podcast. Yeah, that was good. Um, we'll have to, we'll good. have to get him back on as a guest very soon. Yeah, he was um, lots of fun. And then episode 47, we had our friend Aaron O'Neill on uh, to talk mm-hmm. about bees, 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 and programming and her experiences being a tech lead at Clockwork, which is a... I guess a consultancy or a web agency um, in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And she yep. is just, um, it's interesting. She is one of these, it was good to kind of get to know her um, because she is just starting her, I, w- I would call her speaking career. She's finally, you know, she's, yeah. she's getting her talks accepted at conferences and she's going places and talking to people and it's very exciting. And I've been talking to her on the side about mentoring stuff and career development and things like that. So, <coughs> excuse me. That's been very interesting. Oh, and this was the one where I, it didn't happen on the. There was something that day where I said, um, it was a reference to this. Uh, so there, it, it, I, you have to. It's linked in the show notes at the end. It says "Death and Fam." So episode forty-seven. Oh, Death and Fam. <laughs> so there's a, and it's it's the. The death and fam thing comes from this, uh, like it's it's a looks like an iPhone message exchange, uh, where it's like, hey, uh, a guy's asking somebody, he's like, hey, you got any plans uh, for days? I'm having a cookout. You should come. He's like, 
oh yeah okay that'd be great but i'm a vegetarian so i'm gonna bring veggie burgers and will you grill it on like the not on the same side as the meat and then they're gonna be vegetarian baked beans and stuff and then it's like there's no response he's like hello yeah. the guys then the guy just says cookout canceled death in the fam <laughs> <laughs> So I had said something like that on Twitter where she was like asking, what are we doing for the podcast? What's going on? Cause she was like <laughs> actually taking it seriously. And we're of course like, whatever, you know, it'll happen eventually. And, uh, I was, I'd made some joke like podcast canceled death and family. <laughs> and she's like, Oh my God, are you okay? Yeah, she was like, Oh my God, what happened? And I was like, Oh, I felt so bad about that because it's like, Oh, she actually, yeah, no. Yeah. No, she was just being a the, dick. Yeah. We were just being assholes. And, <laughs> Anyway, nothing much has changed, folks. So episode nope. 48, we had uh, Elizabeth Marie Smith, the uh, sh- shortest, hardest working programmer in PHP. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of being an asshole, let's call her yeah, short. Yeah, uh, nice. Liz is very, very short, but uh, full of knowledge from uh, um, head to toe. Um, so again, it was really uh, – she was another guest uh, that – that I'd wanted to get on the show for a long time. And uh, again, it finally all worked uh, worked to get on there. And then we had um, Derek Bailey and Watch Me Code was a sponsor. And Derek is... Uh, yeah. Derek has, uh, in the last six months, I think, uh, um, has gone from... He had been working for a couple of different places. It sounded like he kind of had like a couple of different jobs he'd been cobbling together, working for people. Now he's trying to make um, Watch Me Code and Signal Leaf, which is his podcasting stuff, um, his main source of income. So... It's uh, it's been interesting. I follow him on Twitter. Um, I do very encouraging things. I keep telling him, dude, you have to email me and talk to me about marketing and stuff. These are things that I can help you with because I see what you're doing and I think I can help you craft a better message for the product because right. I believe in the product that he's selling, the Watch Me Code stuff. And um, I, know, I know it sounds kind of very arrogant, but through the stuff that I learned through my own product development course, I see some mistakes that he's making um, and and they're totally fixable. And um, he could be doing, he could be getting a bunch much better return on the time that he's spending um, working on this stuff. So I had Liz on and she talked about a whole bunch of things and we uh, always made sure to shit all over her son every time he piped up in chat. So I thought that Yeah, was that really kid needs good. to keep his mouth shut. That's right. You're listening to us pocket PC, you better keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had uh, with with I think just the most random title Rogue Transmorpher. We had Beth, we had uh uh the other so we've had all three PHP Elizabeths on the show now. We had Elizabeth Naramore, yeah. we had Elizabeth Smith, and then we had Elizabeth but she goes by Beth Beth Tucker Long, a right. long-time editor for PHP Architect magazine who has left that to go to go back to doing freelancing and consulting and actually, uh, I guess, sick of doing the magazine and wants to code now instead of putting together layouts and um, chasing people to finish writing books and magazine articles. Right, basically. Um, and, and we uh, talked about, and we talk about yeah. Madison PHP, which you are speaking at, correct? I am speaking at Madison PHP. In, uh, it is September 13th in Madison, Wisconsin, and I'm excited to go. Uh, I was in Madison last year and it was great, and I'm excited to go back. Uh, and I'm excited to see. I like these small regional conferences. I think they're a lot of fun, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be and really so good. then that brings us up to episode number fifty. As an aside, I just got my I've got my email that uh, my, my my migrating of messages from uh, from um, Gmail over to uh, Fastmail worked, and I right. be- and I believe it told me it. Uh, Appended. What happened here? Well, it's all done now. It finished it. Uh, is this correct? 
two hundred, almost two hundred twenty thousand messages. Is okay. that all? Oh no, I'm sorry, the number's wrong. I misread something that I said. Um, yeah, it could be because it says sixty sixty thousand. Yeah, almost sixty one thousand messages it uh, brought across. Well, I guess that's a couple. Yeah, the oldest one here is from June eighteenth, two thousand and seven. Huh. Well, that's good times. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. That's like seven years worth of uh, mail archived on uh, somebody mining it and trying to figure out how to send, how to uh, make me click on ads. So that brings us. Yeah, right. That brings us to episode fifty. So um, quite a yeah. diverse selection of talks. Yes, I think so, and I've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun, and don't worry. We, I know that Ed and I joked about um, episode fifty being the last. No, no, we're going to have enough perseverance that we're, we're going to get this bad boy um, at least to a hundred, because that way we can sell it into syndication. You got to get those. Oh, that, yeah, you got to get those yeah, hundred yeah. episodes in order to get syndication. So we got to make it there, and then we'll really be rolling in the mad bank. Yeah, we get then we get royalty payments on it. It'll be nice. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be so Ed, awesome talking tonight. Buddy, yeah, you too, man. Buddy, I want to say it's it's been great. This has been a lot of fun, and I hope that we can just keep doing this until I don't know forever. I guess I, I don't I don't foresee any reason for us to keep stopping. Nope, not anytime soon. I don't think so. Right. Yeah, it's been great for me too. So I've yes. really enjoyed it. We should uh, should thank our sponsors, I guess, one more time. Um, you got your uh, you got your wonders of networks, um, and uh, with uh, Paul Reenhamer and. Um, uh, Paul <laughs> and um, uh, uh, Will Rogers, and uh, and they do uh, that stuff with the GOIP proxying stuff to see what your website looks like if you change it to Spanish. I think that's how it works. Maybe. Um, and um, and then the other one is Pancake App, uh, which is a cool uh, self-hosted software for uh, kind of tracking your. Uh, your development consultancy stuff for doing freelance work, time tracking, invoicing, project uh, estimation stuff, uh, client info tracking, all that kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Uh, so it's a good deal. I use it myself, uh, and I like it a lot. So that's pancakeapp.com. I think I may have neglected to say that the first time. So if you've listened for the last two hours, now you finally got the URL. Uh, pancakeapp.com, and uh, you should buy a bunch of them. I don't know. Just maybe, just make us look good, basically. If you would, thank you. Just buy a bunch or whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know, whatever. You <laughs> so think. this has been episode number fifty of the Development Hell podcast. Thank you. I just want to personally say thank you to everyone that has listened to to the fifty episodes. Um, if you've listened to all fifty, you're incredibly loyal because you've been with us on a very weird and strange journey um, <clears throat> that's going to keep continuing as we find different things to talk about. You can find every single episode and all the show notes that we use to go back through and reminisce about what we had done over the past two and a half years at devhell.info. Um, you can find the podcast via iTunes. If you do download it via iTunes, please, please, please rate it. Um, yes. it, it helps us know that we're doing things good. Uh, well, not good. Well, also helps us provide get some numbers um, when we're trying to get sponsors interested in throwing some money at us so that we can continue yep. to do this and not have it just always be money out of our own pockets or more accurately money out of Ed's pocket most of the time to do it. Yeah. So let's help uh, help cut down Ed's expenses by getting sponsors for the show. Um, we're on Twitter. You, know, you can find us at dev underscore hell. Um, 
You can find me on Twitter. I'm Grumpy Programmer without the U. You can find Ed on Twitter as Funkatron with the U. Thanks as always to everyone that joined us in IRC. And as always, thanks Paul and Will from Wonder Networks for providing us with the bandwidth so we can um, stream live so people can hear us on IRC and and hear what we talk about. Uh, So thanks, everybody, and we'll be seeing you very soon with episode number 51. Good night, Internet. (laughs) 